everybody. This is Legal Man. Welcome to the show. It's going to be a good episode. I am going to talk about the complete disconnect between what people can observe and what people repeat and regurgitate on the right. These constitutional conservatives and libertarians who throw out all these political slogans and phrases, and yet we can all see that they don't actually apply in real life. They're just a theoretical construct, which I think has very clearly failed. And there's not going to be any moving ahead until people can address these points that their theories don't work. And for people who don't know me, I'm a lawyer, I practiced for 30 years. And I've been a self-certified master practitioner for more than 15 years now. I think that's one of the longest anyone's ever been a self-certified master practitioner. <laughs> All right, let's get the show started. When I watch this election and I see the conditions under which it's taking place, which is basically that the government is completely fucking destroying the economy and arbitrarily throwing out restrictions here, close your business there, wear a mask here, can't go out in public there, have to, can't have a wedding, can't have more than six people, can't sit in a football game, you can't do anything. Okay? And the entire time people telling me about the freedom and the liberty and the Constitution and how it's the greatest system ever, those things don't make sense together. So why is it people can't seem to catch on? <laughs> why can they not catch on? How is this event not sufficient? If an event this big that runs on for months and months and months is still not sufficient to catch on to the fact that these slogans aren't true. We aren't free. <laughs> We're not free. It's, you're not free if the government can tax you at any rate it cares to on anything it cares to. You're not free. That's, that's almost the definition of not being free. And that's the situation we have. And to tell me about the vote is just silly. Whatever the system was, whatever it was back at the time the Constitution was ratified, the system doesn't scale. That's all. It simply doesn't scale. I've done the math many times. Go listen to one of the episodes. There used to be one representative for about every approximately 9,000 people. That's roughly what it broke down to when you take out the fact that women couldn't vote and most men couldn't vote. It's probably actually less than that. It's so to be a higher number of representatives. But let's just use the nine. At that rate, you're close to 40,000 representatives in today's numbers, not 435, 40,000. <laughs> That's how much has been diluted away, whatever value your vote ever had. And that was back when the government was very, very small. So to talk about this election as though it matters, when you don't even actually have a right to vote for the president, again, something I've pointed out on numerous occasions, there's no constitutional right to vote for the president at all, none. And so this entire thing is a massive charade. And then when you look at the representation you even can hope to get, it's absurd. <laughs> when you should have 40,000 or roughly 40,000 and you only have 435, I'm sorry, but whatever the thing is, it doesn't work at this scale. It simply doesn't scale. And the problem just gets worse year after year. That's all. When I was growing up, I was a libertarian and a constitutionalist, and I believed in all this stupid crap, and I would run around and argue with people, and I, I thought I was brilliant about it, 
And I would argue with liberals and I would make all the same kinds of stupid, ridiculous arguments I hear being made today by constitutional conservatives. And I would talk about the Bill of Rights. And literally, I could parrot all of these arguments. I was extremely adept at making them. And they work great within the left-right fantasy narrative that the people are allowed to argue about. But I discovered about 20 years ago an entirely separate political theory when I read Lysander Spooner. And Lysander Spooner, I've read, I think, everything he's written, and I've read lots of his essays multiple times. There is a huge difference between reading people like Bastiat, Murray Rothbard, von Mises. Those people are economic theorists. They are not political theorists. So they talk about the way the economy works. And the people are allowed to discuss the way the economy works, and I'd read them. And it makes sense. They're correct as well. The problem is when you combine Rothbard, von Mises, or a Bastiat type of uh, strict economic theories, and you try to join them in to constitutional libertarianism, that doesn't work because constitutional libertarianism doesn't work. That's all. That's the part of the thinking that fails. Okay? It, it fails. And I've made podcast after podcast. I've made tweet after tweet. I've shown people again and again and again that the most basic concepts that are wrapped up in constitutional libertarian theory are just that. They're a theory, but they don't actually work. They're just a theory. No different than the fact that communism is a theory and it doesn't work. These large governmental entities can never be controlled. That's all. They can never be controlled. The way constitutional conservatives make their arguments is a combination of fantastic ignorance and deception. Now, deception at the very high ranks, the vast, vast majority of people who are constitutional libertarians are good people. They're honest people, and they and I want the same thing. They want a very, very, very tiny government that leaves us alone. But we don't have that. We don't have that. Nothing more obvious than we don't have that. $30 trillion debt, hundreds and hundreds of trillions of dollars in unfunded liabilities. Is there anything they can't simply write a law about? <laughs> is, is there any area they don't regulate? They regulate your education, what your kids have to do, what the kind of water you can drink. They regulate every kind of transportation, every kind of job, every kind of certification, every kind of licensing. They control everything, how much water flushes in your toilet. To discuss the idea that the government is limited at this point is a fantasy. And with 20 years of having the internet and such a blatant, obvious disconnect between what we have and what the slogans say, it should make people catch on. But they don't catch on. They are the problem. People who refuse to challenge their own positions, they are the problem. And for my entire life, up until I read Spooner, I had never had anybody present the concept to me that we don't consent to the government. <laughs> we, I'd never had that presented to me. That's a pretty fundamental concept. I'd been to law school. And I'd never had any of these issues brought up that, well, how do people who lived hundreds of years before me have any kind of legal right to consent on my behalf? <laughs> There's no theory in the law that would ever explain that because it's not true. Just like I can't consent for you. 
people from hundreds of years ago can't consent for me. But we're told all the time that the government is of, by, and for the people and that it's run on the consent of the people. That's the huge distinguishing feature. Well, I don't consent to any of it. I don't consent to the government doing any of these things. And the way the constitutional conservatives talk about it, they act as though my vote somehow is the way that they get around this problem. Well, that's not true. Because first of all, I have to, con- I have to consent to being ruled by a vote and the manner of the vote and to live by the outcome of the vote. You can't just hold a vote of a group of people that I don't agree to, that I know I'm going to lose the vote and say, oh, we took a vote and now you're bound. No, bullshit. I'm not bound. <laughs> I don't I didn't agree to that vote. I wasn't participating in that vote. And that vote's not valid on me. Well, that doesn't mean that they can't come over and enforce it with a gun. <laughs> and that's what the government does. It's not consent. And my point is that there are so many fundamental issues that I had never considered. But when I heard them, when I read them for the very first time, a light went off because they're just so fundamentally clear and true. And what I don't understand is the, is the so many people I interact with, I raise these issues with them and they can't answer it. How does the government get my consent? How does it get it? <laughs> and their answer is always the same. Well, if you don't like it, you need to leave. Well, that doesn't answer the question, does it? That doesn't answer the question. (laughs) That's the problem. There is no answer for it because the government doesn't have my consent. It's not a government of consent of the people. And that political kind of theory used to be discussed 100 years ago, 150 years ago, 200 years ago. Those were concepts and ideas I would have been exposed to growing up. But the system has been on complete lockdown for more than 100 years now. And so those types of concepts are not something I was exposed to, even though I was seeking them and looking for them. I just wasn't exposed to them. But the big difference is that once I was exposed to them, I could see that my political philosophy that I was so attached to, that I was so proud of, okay, was complete bullshit. I was dead fucking wrong. Not with the arguments I was having with the people, because I was simply arguing with liberals who are fucking idiots. They have no idea what they're talking about but I'd never run up against someone who actually understood and who was truly an anarchist. Now, it doesn't mean anarchist. You hear people hear anarchist. Oh, anarchy. That's crazy. Anarchy. That means chaos. Of course, that's what you think anarchy means because the system that controls you wants you to believe that. It simply means that you're not being governed against your will. That's all. And no one should be governed against their will. Are you in favor of imposing yourself on somebody? No, of course not. So once you start to understand that there is an entirely separate political theoretical construct outside of your red, blue, constitutional libertarian versus the psychotic communist, once you understand that and you expose yourself to it, you'll see that it's a much more consistent theory with freedom. Much more. And that doesn't mean with this many people that we can have no government. I don't, I don't expect that can happen. I, with a, an entire place filled with me, yes, you could have it. But the place isn't filled with me. Okay? So there's going to be some kind of government. But it needs to be much smaller and decentralized. See, it needs to be much, much smaller and decentralized. You can't have a government over hundreds of millions of people. It doesn't work. 
can never have a government that has control like ours does over hundreds of millions of people and have it ever be any kind of representation of freedom. And anyone can look around and see that it's not working. And at some point, people have to give up on these fairy tales and childhood fantasies about voting and liberty and freedom, and the Constitution that they're fed, and look around and see that it doesn't work. Now, the kind of deception that goes on in pushing this horseshit on people comes from things like conflating the Constitution with the Revolution. Okay, well, 1776 and the Constitution, they're, they're tied together. Well, people forget the fact there was something in between called the Articles of Confederation. At the end of the Revolution, the people did not choose the Constitution. That's just brushed over as though it's a side note. Well, you know, the Articles of Confederation, they didn't work. Central government needed to be stronger. Country was falling apart. Trade disagreements. These, these bullshit phrases were given. It's no different than weapons of mass destruction, follow the science, just Barnum statement horseshit about the founding. And we also hear about how George Washington could have been king. The people loved him so much they could have been king. Well, that's also a complete load of shit. Look at what the people actually chose after the revolution, the Articles of Confederation. That system, which was basically a government that had to get the unanimous consent of the states in order to do most important things and had no taxing authority. The only way the federal government got money was if the states voluntarily gave it to them. The federal government made a request to the states for a certain amount of money. And the states, if they thought it was a good idea, they gave it to them. If they didn't, they didn't give it to them. And that's each one of the states, in effect, had a veto power on these issues that mattered so that your state could not get forced into something they didn't like. Well, if we had stuck with the Articles of Confederation, the system would be fine. So why did we have to get rid of it? We got rid of it because they needed the system we're looking at today, this huge behemoth that they sell to people as though it's still the Articles of Confederation. See, the Articles of Confederation worked, but when you add that taxing authority and you get rid of that unanimity requirement, well, that's it. Now the states are hopeless. Now they, they, have, they, they can't fight the federal government. And for 80 years, there was a huge problem because different states have different things they need and want. And if the federal government tramples those rights, what do you do? You're grossly outnumbered. What do you do if they gang up on you? Well, that's what the North did to the South. They ganged up on the South and they were laying all sorts of imposts and duties and heavy taxes onto the South in order to benefit the North. Well, the South didn't have the votes. It didn't have the votes to be able to beat it. And when Lincoln got elected, and it was clear they, that Lincoln won and the, the Congress had the power and there was absolutely no Southern voting in there, well, that's it. They knew it was over, so they had to leave. And they left and formed their own country. Well, the, that was unacceptable. And the North went down there and killed them and forced them back in. And I've made so many podcasts and discussions about this. This is the central issue people need to understand. The Civil War, which is couched in this terms of slavery and racism now, so that you can't have an honest discussion about it. And it's a critical discussion to understand why it is that the government does not have the consent of the people. It was never a civil war, for one thing. A civil war is when one or more groups, two or three groups normally, are vying to control the same government. That's not what we had. The people in the South had voted to leave. If your vote means anything, why are they not allowed to vote to leave? Why? Because somebody in 100 years earlier had voted to join? So? There's no legal theory that can, can bind them. 
One Congress can't even bind the next Congress. But we're made to believe that this vote 240 years ago somehow binds me and everybody else for all times to a system. That doesn't make any sense. There's no legal theory that justifies it. And the constitutionalists don't have a legal theory because there isn't one. I'm a lawyer. I've investigated. There isn't one. An agent you don't know that lived hundreds of years before you can't bind you. But they have everybody so confused because those issues are never addressed. Because they go so much to the fundamental heart of the system. They go so much to the fundamental heart of the system. They can't be discussed because the system is actually built on a complete and total fraud. That's the problem. It's built on a fraud. So it's never going to be anything but a fraud because it's built on a fraud. The fundamental things you're told about the system aren't true. And if you want lists and lists of them, you can just listen to my podcast. The purpose of this one is simply to explain to people that when you have a system where people are never exposed to an alternative argument and the very foundations of the system are never questioned, they're simply glossed over with bullshit, you have a fundamentally confused population. That's all. They're fundamentally confused. They think they're fighting for freedom and all this other shit, and they're not. They're fighting for a governmental system that keeps them locked in. There is no explanation for the Civil War. If your vote matters, those people voted. They didn't start a war. They voted. They said, we want to leave. And they voted, and they left, and they formed their own country. They said, good luck to you. Your shit doesn't work anymore. You're abusing us. Isn't that what we're supposedly all about? Isn't that what we're our supposed founding is all about? Isn't that what the Declaration of Independence is all about? So why is this faked up non-civil war where the North simply goes down and kills the people in the South and forces them back in? How can that be a point of freedom? Well, because they confuse it all with this issue of slavery and racism, so you can't have an honest discussion about it. Does it mean that you can't have a moral war to go down and free slaves? Of course you could. It's not what the war was about, but you could. But you can't have both a moral war to go free slaves and then make the people in that country forcibly brought into your country and claim that you have those people's consent. You can't do both of those things. See, that doesn't work. It just doesn't work. The South wasn't claiming any kind of jurisdiction over any part of the North or anybody who hadn't voted to leave. But the North was. See, so there is no consent. It, and that's such an important issue to understand that that's the point when the country failed. The system didn't work. It had been scaling up for 80 years, 90 years, and it simply failed. That's it. And it's always going to continue to fail, as I've shown you, because you don't really have any representation. And now that you can't leave, any idea of freedom and independence and a limited government, that's all out the window. And anybody can look around and see that. And to imagine that a vote will work when your vote has been diluted down to nothing is fantasy. And this doesn't even include all the absurdity of the idea that the federal government, through its agent, the federal courts, somehow has the ability to tell the people what the limitations of the federal government are. That doesn't make any sense. An entity which is in charge of deciding its own limits is not an entity that is limited. It's not limited. There is no check and balance. You're here endlessly about checks and balances. What is the check and balance on the Supreme Court? What is it? <laughs> what is it? There isn't one. They come up with these absurd opinions and what? We're supposed to somehow get a constitutional amendment to override it? It doesn't make sense. Nobody would agree to that. Nothing about the Supreme Court is as 
is something that people would agree to. It doesn't make sense. That's why all this fighting about who can get on there, because it's just a system of total tyranny. And if the Supreme Court was, in fact, giving us the law of the land, that was just what's in the Constitution, if, if that's what they were actually doing as they purport to be doing, well, then they would have no ability to ever reverse themselves. It would be an impossibility because the Constitution's language hasn't changed. But they do reverse themselves. So that right there shows you that the Supreme Court is not telling you what's in the Constitution. It's simply a political entity to control you, masquerading as something else. But again, this is something the constitutional conservatives don't ever discuss. And my point is very, very simple, really. And that is that when people are exposed to these political theories that are outside their comfort zone, the vast majority of people are refused to open their mind to it. And these people who are on radio and TV who push constitutional conservatism and write books endlessly, they are either fantastically ignorant about their subject because they've never discovered what I simply discovered and anybody can discover, or... They're bad actors who are intentionally lying to. It's only one or the other at this point because <laughs> the evidence is overwhelming that the system, the slogans aren't true, that we have a limited government and it's government by the people. And, and, and it's, it's, just, it's just abundantly clear it's not true. It's difficult to imagine a situation outside the people literally being in FEMA camps where the facts could be any clearer than we have today. And yet, the language, the slogans, the arguments, they never change from that side. They never change. And when you confront them with things that should make them ask themselves questions that they can't actually answer, instead of answering them, instead of realizing their, their political theory doesn't have an answer to them, they just attack you. And, and, and this, is, this is why it's such a fucking totally screwed situation, because you have a population that's not willing to be honest with themselves and has an entire system set up to lie to them on a daily basis. And it's happening because the people at the top benefit fantastically by controlling hundreds and hundreds of millions of people and having virtually unlimited amounts of trillions and trillions of dollars they can simply hand out to friends and buddies and just take control of everything, while the people defend the entire system and call it the greatest system of freedom ever developed. And it's that crazy disconnect that's really starting to get to my head because I'd really prefer to just have the streets burning than I would the insanity of having to live with this absurd hypocrisy and lie. I would prefer the other. You know, I know that's not realistic. It's not going to happen, and that's fine. But I'm just saying I would be happier if I looked out the window and saw that. <laughs> I actually would. So I don't even know if what I've said makes any sense to people. Um, but I think that's all I'm going to say today. So if you like my show, then, you know, go to a podcast player like Apple or Spotify or Podcast Addict and, and subscribe. And if you like my what I say, then follow me on Twitter. I'm Legal Man at U.S. Law Review. I do link my blog. I haven't written on it in years, but there's a lot of information down there. Okay, well, I hope everybody has a nice night or day wherever you are. Take care. Take it away.